Hi, welcome to In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Savannah. Are you interested in learning about conspiracy theories, but you're way too lazy to research them yourself? So are we, but we're very generous and we're here to do the work for you. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy listening to everything from JFK's assassination to Demi Lovato's twin sister who's trapped in a basement. That was the sound of an ice cold white mango white claw being crisply opened in my closet. And this time I'm alone because Kelly and I are doing our first remote podcast. Yes, it's very sad that we're not together. Um, so Savannah, well, first of all, this is in cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Savannah. I'm Kelly. And Savannah, what are we gonna be talking about today? We're going to be talking about our very first conspiracy that actually is true, confirmed, mm-hmm. and that is MK Ultra. Ooh, um, Kelly, what did you know about MK Ultra before? Um, not much. I feel like I and they talk about it in Stranger Things because I think Eleven's mom. I, I mean, I knew it was basically the government using LSD to mind control citizens or attempt to mind control citizens. That was pretty much it. I didn't really know much details about it or any like stories or anything basically that was involved with it. Right. I pretty much knew nothing. I just knew it was some government thing. And then when I watched season two of Stranger Things, I was like, oh, interesting. Don't yeah. Make, like mind control things on people. That's. Pretty sucky, pretty pretty illegal. So, yeah, let's uh let's dive right in. Um, first of all, do you want to just tell everybody where we got our hard hard research? Um, yes. So our sources number one is always Wikipedia, um, history.com, wired.co.uk, Newsweek, and drugfreeworld.org. MK Ultra. It's the code name given to a program of experience, exp- program of experiments on human subjects that were designed and undertaken by the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, aka the CIA. Some of which were illegal, and they were conducted between 1953 and 1973. So, 20 years of mind control, torturing on innocent people. That's cool. Um. So real quick, this is all happening around, I think, the height of the Cold War, Cold War period. Um, if you don't know, which I needed a refresher, the Cold War was a period of... It wasn't a real physical war. I think we all remember that from AP US history. It was a period of tension between the Soviet Union and the US. Um, and it spanned 1947 until 1991. That's a long time. I didn't really think about how long the Cold War lasted. Yeah, it was basically up until, well, right after World War II and then up until when the Berlin Wall fell. So it wasn't a long amount of time. Oh, wow. Um, And then the Soviet Union dissolved. And yeah, no large-scale fighting, a few close calls, but the conflict was mostly based on ideological struggles for global global influence. Um, So then in the middle of all this in the 50s and 60s, the U.S. government which I don't know who instigated this idea or instilled this in the CIA or the U.S. government, but the U.S. government, they were a little bit worried that the Soviet Union, China, and North Korea um, were using mind control techniques to brainwash U.S. prisoners of war, Um, which I don't know why they were ever concerned about that. Um, I don't know if that was ever proven false. Or why they um, thought that. But it's very interesting that they did. Um, So, Kelly, guess who the director of the CIA was during the 50s when all this was going down? I feel like you're going to tell me who it is. Well, obviously I'm going to tell you who it is. It was our good friend, Alan Dulles. 
um, instigator of the avian genocide, if you will recall, bird killer extraordinaire from our Birds Aren't Real episode. He allegedly murdered all the birds in the U.S., but that's not been proven. So he murdered all the birds and then also brainwashed the American public with drugs. That's correct, yes. He's a top-notch citizen. (laughs) Oh, Alan, what went wrong in your childhood? Um, I don't know much about Alan. True, he's a stand-up guy. So the CIA CIA was disturbed by these reports that American prisoners had been turned into communist allies and believed that this was evidence. Oh, that makes sense. They believed that this was evidence that they had been manipulated or hypnotized. So basically, (laughs) it sounds to me like some of these countries took American prisoners of war. They're like, hey, communism actually is a pretty good concept. And the Americans were like, honestly, sounds good to us. And then the U.S. was like, they've been brainwashed. We need to retaliate. Yeah, there's no way that they could have formed their own opinion on their own accord. Exactly. And the, the Red Scare and, like, communism, the, just the fear of communism is so odd to me because it's like, why are you so afraid of people just... I'm not, I'm not saying communism is good or that we should implement it in the U.S., but, like, why were like even if a couple of people in the US are communists, it's like who cares? They can't do anything. They can't like well, I think that they associated communism with um Russian or Soviet Union support right. so spies. So anyone who was supporting communism was a spy for the Soviet Union, which was obviously the what they didn't want because they didn't want the Soviet Union getting all of our secrets. So I think that's why back then they were so like anti-communism yeah it was but crazy. that's all i remember from my ap history class <laughs> <laughs> Same. you honestly remember more than i do um so so alan dulles uh approved project mk ultra in 1953 um as a way to develop techniques to block the u.s's enemies from using mind control with drugs and other psychological manipulators um and it was basically the exact same thing as the space race in the 60s but instead of going to space it was mastering mind control which is crazy that that is a real thing that happened um so (laughs) the program involved more than 150 human experiments involving psychedelic drugs paralytics and electroshock therapy sometimes the test subjects knew that they were participating in the study and other times they had no idea even when the hallucinogens i thought it was hallucinogenics I think hallucinogens is a word. Okay. If you say them. The drugs. (laughs) Started to take effect. So according to government scientist, Dr. Russell Monroe, um, he spoke to ABC News in 1979, and he said that the CIA was looking for, I quote, an incapacitating agent, an agent that would not harm permanently, but incapacitate temporarily. Mind control was a humanistic way to wage a war. End quote. Um, so that's pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, many of the tests were conducted at universities, hospitals, or prisons in the United States and and Canada. Canada? How could Canada partake in this? I thought Canada was just nice people. Well, they're like dollar bills, Looney Tunes. Like they can't. I think I messed that one up a little bit, but you get the basic idea. Um, so. Yeah, so throughout U.S. and Canada, and most of these took place between um, 1953 and 1964, but it's not clear exactly how many people were involved in the tests. Um, the agency kept notoriously poor records and destroyed most of the MK Ultra documents when the program was officially halted in 1973, which is pretty convenient if you ask me. Seems like all of these conspiracies somehow have documents getting destroyed in them yeah and it's really sketchy and well i mean it sounds like they didn't even try to cover up the fact that they destroyed it themselves they were just like oops we burned it (laughs) (laughs) um so i was very curious as to what mk ultra stood for and i don't think there's an actual answer to this question so i'm just going to give us a couple of options so according to freedictionary.com not even dictionary.com just freedictionary.com MK also stands for manufacturing killers utilizing lethal tradecraft requiring assassinations. Oh my gosh. It doesn't exactly make sense. Like they weren't manufacturing killers. They were just psychologically torturing people to mastermind control. Yeah, that doesn't really fit what their objection was. Objective exactly. was. Um, 
So accor- then I went to Quora because Quora has all the answers. And according to Martin Shackelford on Quora, who has his BA from the University of Michigan, so you know that he knows what he's talking about. He said, oh. I'm sure he's a very smart man. We don't know Michael Shackelford. I'm sure he actually, actually, he does sound like he knows what he's talking about. I believe him. He said, um, all CIA operations have a two-letter prefix, MK, JR, etc., reflecting a general category and then the actual operation name Ultra. As MK Ultra was the drug experiment program out of the science division, MK may refer to that division. Um, but then below that, Mikhail Vitali on Quoros, who is a doctor at Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, apparently, said, short answer, I'm afraid, it stands for mind control. <laughs> The control part is spelt with a K due to the project originating in Germany and being continued here after the war thanks to Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip involved bringing Nazi doctors and scientists to the UK to carry on their nefarious experiments. I don't think MK stands for mind control with a K, personally. What do I know? Does control... The word control in German start with a K? I wouldn't put it past the Germans. Maybe they just thought it was quirky. They're like, oh, we control mind control, but with a K because MK Ultra sounds better than MC. You should know what it is. You studied abroad in Germany. Kelly, all I know is that hello is hello and that. Um, actually, that's all I know. Enter is Ein Gang. Um, Hufelastrassen is a street that we would often take the tram to because the tram lady had the most soothing voice. And then every time we would pass Hufelastrassen, she would say, now stopping at Hufelastrassen. And it was the most soothing <laughs> voice I've ever heard. Um, I think they were just quirky. I thought they were like, mm, if we saw an MC Ultra, they'll think it's like McDonald's, like McUltra. So we'll just call it MK Ultra. Um, no, but I think that Martin Shackelford, the second person, had the right idea. I also heard, oh, another reference is a Time Suck episode on MKUltra, because, I don't know, I didn't actually take any notes, but he he was saying that um, a lot of the um, CIA na- project names were random. Like, they were totally random. Um, the two similar, um, the two previous operations that kind of led up to MKUltra were Project Bluebird and Project Artichoke. Um, I I cannot imagine they're anything but random, right? Like those are right. the things I've ever heard. I want like the job of naming like CIA operations. Uh, I think the same person that names CIA operations also names Essie nail polish colors and um, Bath and Body Works candle scents. <laughs> I gotta be really creative for that. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't really know what MKUltra stands for but it is I will say it is a badass name like I immediately am intimidated by the name MKUltra yeah for sure um so going into a couple of details Sidney Gottlieb was the CIA's chemist and poison expert and he believed that the agency could harness LSD's mind-altering properties for brainwashing or psychological torture and and a lot i think the majority of the experiments they did were with lsd i think some of it was shock therapy and things like that and hypnosis but a lot of it was just drugging up those people um Mm -hmm. the cia started to fund studies at columbia stanford and other universities to research the effects of lsd um after a series of tests though the drug was deemed too unpredictable for use in counterintelligence um And after revelations brought to light from the Rockefeller Commission, which we'll go into how we know that all of this is true, but in 1975, it all came out to the public. And then Mm -hmm. in 1976, President Gerald Ford gave an executive order that prohibited experimentation with drugs on human subjects, except with the informed consent in writing and witnessed by disinterest party of each human subject. So basically, you can't test somebody without their consent. Um, But under MKUltra, the CIA gave itself the authority to research how drugs in could, um, I quote, promote the intoxicating effects of alcohol, render the induction of hypnosis easier, enhance the ability of individuals to withstand privation, torture, and coercion, produce amnesia, shock, and confusion, and much more. So, it's pretty scary stuff. Well, the CIA still has a lot of control over this type of stuff. Yeah, it's so it's so creepy that the exact wording is the cia gave itself the authority like who oversees the cia the pre- is the president the only person above the director of the cia like yeah i would think so i don't know for sure but 
definitely the government or the president would be the one to regulate it, I would think. Yeah, but I also feel like they do so much without the president's knowledge. Like, I feel like they just go under his nose all the time. I don't know if that's true, but that's just my Maybe. thought. If I was president, I would know everything the CIA was up to. That would be my number one concern. Okay, we're going to take a camera into Area 51 and we're going to show you what the heck is up with this place. And that is the campaign that I would run And I think I would win if I were to campaign that way. Okay, so um, just a quick history into the LSD drug, which again, we said was the most common drug used under this MKUltra operation. So it was discovered in 1938 by a chemist named Albert Hoffman. He was looking for a blood stimulant when he was when he discovered it. So the effects were not known until 1943 when Hoffman accidentally consumed LSD and had some hallucinations. <laughs> he was really surprised. Um, so he discovered that a dose of 25 micrograms, which is equal in weight to a few grains of salt, were able to cause vivid hallucinations. That's crazy. Which is crazy. Um, and so after his discovery of the halluci- hallucinations, LSD was used in experiments by psychiatrists in the 40s through the 60s, but any they all failed to discover any real medical use for the drug. But, and this is crazy, three samples of LSD were supplied by Sandoz Pharmaceuticals, which led to wide use of the drug. So can you imagine nowadays just a pharmaceutical company just handing out hallucinogenic drugs? No, I cannot. Yeah, that's I and mean, it's crazy. Um, was he Swedish or was yeah, he American? Yeah, he was discovered in Sweden. Okay, I yeah, I read that a lot of the that the CIA got all their LSD from Sweden because yeah, I said it was discovered in Sweden. It didn't think he was Swedish, but I would just assume he was. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So in the 50s, the drug was seen as a potential chemical weapon and used in experiments, like we talked about, until it was banned. And the use of LSD declined in the 1980s, but it picked back up in the 90s because it was used at a lot of nightclubs and raves. Um, It has dropped in use since the 2000s, but I did look up a graph of the use of it throughout the years, and it kind of picked back up in like the late 1000s. So really? like 2006, yeah. And I honestly feel like nowadays with like the EDC culture and all that, it probably has picked up in use a lot. Yeah, and I read something that was like, it's very ironic that the hippies in the 60s and 70s that were the ones actually using LSD, that were like, stick it to the man, were actually getting all their drugs from the man that they were trying to stick it to. <laughs> they didn't realize it. Oh my gosh, that is so true. That's so funny. It's crazy. Like, I just assumed that LSD already was a widely used drug when the CIA picked it up and started using it in MK Ultra, but they kind of like introduced it to the public like yeah they kind of did I, I mean I think it was because like I said there was free samples given so I think people used it before but I don't think it became like a known wide known drug until you know the reports of the government using it came out and then everyone was like I gotta check this stuff out <laughs> I gotta try that yeah Okay, so going into some more details about the operation. So they had this um, thing called Midnight Climax. So this is basically one way the government lured um, citizens into using the drug. So the government would employ sex workers to lure men to the CIA and they would go to these quote unquote safe houses where these drug experiments took place. Most of them were in San Francisco and New York City, so kind of bigger cities. And the CIA would give these men LSD and watch them through a two-way mirror, which two-way mirrors are probably the coolest thing ever. But also the creepiest thing ever. Yeah, but like, I would love a two-way mirror just to see what's going on on the other side, you know? What, 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 what would you be seeing on the other side? Like, I think, I don't know, just like something I want to see, like, not like a creepy way, but like I don't think there is a way to have it not be a creepy way. Yes, there is. Like I want to see what's going on, like in like meetings that I'm not invited to, or like I don't know, like 
They want to spy on what Zach Efron's doing in his house. Like, how is that weird? No, 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 absolutely not. And don't you like some? Sometimes I just wonder if my mirror is a two-way mirror, like a mirror in my apartment that, like, like my bathroom mirror. Like, what if it's a two-way mirror and my neighbor is just peeping on me in my apartment? They definitely aren't because no, they definitely aren't. You don't know that. I mean, I do know that because I know for a fact that, like, (laughs) on the other side is just the outside. (laughs) But I've also heard that two-way mirrors, like, I don't know which is which, but with two-way mirrors, if you touch it with your finger, like, you literally touch the mirror with your finger, Mm -hmm. if your finger touches your reflection of your finger, then it either is or it isn't, and then the opposite is either is or it isn't if you, if, like, there's a space between your yeah i don't know which is which so that's not helpful but look it up and you can find out if you have a two-way mirror in your house (laughs) okay (laughs) um okay so they watch him through two-way mirrors and they also put recording devices in the the rooms in the house um so very little about this operation was regulated and it was mostly just like huge parties so i don't really think the ca got much out of these i don't think i fully understand what the purpose of this was it was it just to see if they could find a communist spy like that was paying a sex yeah, I think it was just to observe how lsd affects people oh that was just part of the experiments yeah ew but why and that's they- why they would lure like because they wouldn't want people to know that they were drugging them so they would like lure these men back using sex workers and then just drug them and watch how they how they reacted to the to the drugs would they watch them have sex with the sex worker? I don't know. It didn't specifically like, say. Mm, I feel I, like, I don't know. It's, yeah. Even if they didn't, it's still creepy and it's so gross. Yes, I agree. And that way, two way mirrors are not are not cool. And in every other way, Kelly. Okay. Oh, no. What about like in you know in the cop shows where there's a two way mirror in the confession room or whatever? Cool in the cop shows, but it's still creepy. Okay, I just want to use a two-way mirror once, just to say I did. And I don't think that's weird. Okay, I would like to use it in a professional police setting. And I also would like to be the serial killer who, who, um, they, like, you know, like, the really creepy person that's in there being interrogated, they, they know that there's somebody on the other side, and they somehow, like, make eye contact with them, even though they're just looking at themselves in a mirror, but they know that they're making eye contact with a detective on the other side, and it's, and the dramatic music plays, and it's super creepy, and I want to be the serial killer in that situation? I mean, yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be really dramatic and, like, look at someone without seeing them. (laughs) Okay. I want to be a serial killer and you want to watch people through a two-way mirror. It's fine. <laughs> I think we're meant to be friends. And now a word from our sponsors. In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah doesn't actually have any sponsors, so I wrote a fake ad for Savannah and she's going to read it right now. I'm wearing a retainer, so please bear with me. In these unprecedented times, masks can be uncomfortable to wear. Introducing crookies for masks. These detachable crookies cl- Oh, that's supposed to say crookies. <laughs> these detachable crookies clip on your mask so you can hang your mask around your neck. Therefore, you won't have to wear the mask under your chin like an idiot. In these uncertain times, it is common to keep taking your mask on and off. The Crokies for Masks is a simple product that will help you put on and take off your mask comfortably and quickly. As you are finding your new normal, (laughs) the great people at Crokies for Masks want to help you as much as possible. So for the next 17 (laughs) seconds, if you order 28 Crokies for Masks, you will get two free, completing your order to an even 30. Use promo code BIRDSAREN'TREAL, no spaces, to take advantage of this amazing offer. Um, okay. So moving on to, so this is one of the biggest deaths that um, was believed to be resulted from this MKUltra program. So a guy named Frank Olson was a CIA scientist, and he was appointed to an experimental integration program, which went on to become MKUltra. So I believe that was the artichoke experiment, and then went on to become MKUltra. 
1953, he attended a retreat at a place called Deep Creek Lake in Maryland. And at the retreat, it had a bunch of other CIA workers that were also part of the MKUltra um, operation. And at this retreat, he drank a cocktail that had been secretly drugged by Sidney Got- Gottlieb. Is that it? Yeah. Um, who, as we said before, was the head of the MKUltra program. Um, so this drug that he was secretly drugged with was referred to as a potential truth serum, a.k.a. it was LSD. So when he returned home after the weekend, he was in a sullen mood and confided to his wife that he had made, quote unquote, a terrible mistake at the retreat. So then the next day on Monday, November 24th, 1953, he apparently went into work that day and tried to quit. But later in the day, he called his wife and said, quote, everything is fine. I'm not going to resign. So something happened that day. Whoever he talked to changed his mind. Some, yeah. And then a few days later, so, this was go- so he tried to quit on November 24th. And then on November 28th, Olson fell to his death after falling out in a New York City hotel window in an alleged suicide. That has so many layers. Yeah. I can't even begin to like comprehend. He was secretly drugged, came back and said he had made a terrible mistake, tried to quit, then decided to stay, and then was killed three days later. So, either, like, they, uh, so, so he tried to quit after, he, so he knew he'd been drugged. I think he realized right? once he, like, woke up and was like, wow, I just hallucinated the crap out of everything. He realized he was drugged. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hallucinated the crap out of everything. <laughs> yeah, he realized he'd been drugged, tried to quit, because he was like, this is not a safe work environment. Right. Like no, I don't know what they did. Maybe they gave him more LSD. Yeah, or said him. if you quit, like we're gonna kill you, and then ended up killing him anyway. Ugh, that is so sketchy. Yeah. Something weird. Some weird blackmail happened yeah. there. I feel like so, and then so going back to the Rockefeller Commission. So it came out in this document in 1975 that the government admitted to dosing Olson with LSD without his knowledge. So he was dose they also i think olson's family sued the cia and they gave them like a lot of money yeah Yeah. so just quickly the rockefeller commission was um a, a it was a group and then it came out with a document so it was created to investigate the cia due to allegations that came out in 1974 that they had committed illegal activities so all these allegations came out and so the president decided to make this commission and to investigate and so this document is what publicized mk ultra to the general public so it came out that this had actually happened and had a bunch of details and this document goes into all these things that the cia did and it also investigates into jfk's assassination so there's lots of juicy stuff in this rockefeller commission Oh, and it also admitted to drugging Olsen. So, a few years go by, and family of Frank decide to have a second autopsy performed of his body in 1994. Ooh. So they, um, what is that called? They ex- exhume him, his body? Yeah. Okay, body. So they exhume his body, and the autopsy determines that there were injuries on his body that occurred before the fall. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, there's conspiracy that the CIA assassinated Olsen because he knew too much, whatever. So, there's this Netflix documentary titled Wormwood about Olsen's mysterious death, which I think we should watch because it sounds very interesting. it's called Wormwood? No, I have no idea. Maybe we'll find out if we watch it. Okay. <laughs> so, in the documentary, um, a journalist named Seymour Hirsch says that the government had a process to identify and execute potential risk slash opposers to MKUltra. And that Frank was a victim of this. So I think he, when he went in to quit, was like, this ain't right. And then his supervisors were like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) And then they put him on this list and then he was executed or murdered or whatever. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. So... 
lots of weird things around his death and just yeah crazy stuff so and then a famous person who participated in mk ultra experiments willingly was a guy named ken casey and he wrote the novel one flew over the cuckoo's nest is it cuckoo or cuckoo i thought it was cuckoo it might be cuckoo i don't know i always said cuckoo i've seen the movie i think but i've never read the book no i never read the book either um so the book is set in an Oregon psychiatric hospital. Mm-hmm. So I think he got a lot of his um, his stories for the book from his experience in the MK Ultra program. So he actually went on to promote the drug, just promote LSD, and he had these parties called acid test parties, oh and they were basically just parties where everyone was doing LSD. Sounds like a good time honestly <laughs> and these parties um influenced the early development of hippie culture and kick-started the 1960s psychedelic drug drug scene wow so yeah that's crazy it's it's crazy to like lsd i feel like some people have it's like one continuous nightmare and it's really awful and scary and like you look at your hand and it's like melting and you look at someone's face and it's like swirling around and it's really scary. And then other people are like, everything's brighter. Everything's like the world's just more beautiful. I'm like, dang, it's such a toss up of what you're going to get when you I know. I know. And like such a small amount can give you such crazy hallucinations. So it's scary if you, you know, like accidentally take too much and you're just like, I think the next, the next episode of the podcast should be us taking lsd and just seeing what happens um you do it and let me know how it goes <laughs> okay perfect <laughs> all right so now we're gonna get into a frowny face section because kelly wrote this and just said dog experiments frowny face <laughs> very sad. um i think they did experiments on monkeys and stuff too i don't think it was just dogs but we love dogs the most, so we're gonna talk about that yeah, one. There's also experiments on rats, but like that's not really a new concept. <laughs> <laughs> the rats don't deserve that. I know they really don't. Um, okay, so one declassified document letter gives advice to a doctor regarding animal mind control, but all the names have been redacted in the letter. Also, why would you need to mind control animals? I guess that was just like a test, like the precursor to doing it on humans maybe i'm not well, right. they wanted to see if we could like handle it. mind control them and have be like a weapon too like they could use them on battlefield and stuff yeah like a little golden retriever walks up and distracts a soldier because he's so cute <laughs> have you ever seen the episodes of parks and rec where they do the um the model un and andy like just gets all the lions from every country <laughs> and he's like that would be my military it's just a million lions Perfect. <laughs> a million golden retrievers for a Mind controlled golden retrievers. So they're feisty. I pictured the, it less like an army and more like a single golden retriever, but in but it's like the in Trek 2 when Puss in Boots like distracts everyone with his cuteness and he just does the big eyes, but it's a golden retriever just looking at you. Are you trying to reference Trek in every single episode we do of this podcast? <laughs> So far, because I would like to keep that record going. I, will, I honestly think you have. <laughs> oh, no. We'll have to work on that. Um, so, anyway, so the writer of this letter is apparently an expert on the subject, stating, As you know, I spent about three years working in the research area of rewarding electrical stimulation of the brain. In the laboratory, we performed a number of experiments with rats. In the open field, we employed dogs of several breeds. Um, so the aim of this experiment was to electrically stimulate the, <laughs> you wrote the Brian, <laughs> but I didn't say the brain. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, they settled on a surgical technique that involved embedding the electrode entirely within a mound of dental cement on the skull. And after implementing, implanting electrodes deep in the subject dog's brain, a battery pack and stimulator was added to the harness through which signals could be sent to the electrodes. That is so, that sounds like a shock collar on drugs, like a shock collar on steroids. Super in the brain. In, right into your brain. Shock collar, but like it's embedded in your brain. Yep. 
Oh my gosh. So, um, at least by 1967, when the letter was written, it seemed unlikely that remote controlled dogs were ever used in the field. As the letter writer outlined some of the limitations and challenges to any follow up program going forward. <laughs> That's so dumb. That's so funny. He was like, yeah. we can control dogs. And then they were, he was like, actually, I don't think we can control dogs. <laughs> it's just so sad that, like, like, you know, I wonder if he got the dogs from a pound or if he was like, hey, Steve, like, I know that you, your family just got a German Shepherd and, like, we actually really need that for this experiment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, like, took <laughs> Got them from the pound and I bet the dogs were so excited because they thought they were going to go to a home and be loved. And then they just got electrodes stuck in their brain. Like, we're going to, we're going to create a narrative right now that, um, this man whose name is not given um had a change of heart and he had all these like injured and like mouth malformed dogs that he had experimented on and he was like you know what i'm gonna actually quit my job and take my 700 dogs and he's gonna he then he went and lived in a field with all of his like crippled dogs and he and he cared for them and until the day he died and that's what happened in my mind Okay, and then he adopted a bunch of other dogs and never did experiments on them, and they all just lived happily ever after. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Perfect. Happily ever after. So, besides the dog experiments, um, someone else who was supposedly experimented on was a woman named Kathy O'Brien. She is widely regarded as, excuse my French, a crackpot. <laughs> I don't think anyone really believes her. Um, a crackpot or a crackhead? No, a crackpot. A crackpot is like someone who believes in crazy stuff. A crack oh. is someone who does crack. Right, I know. So I've never heard the term crackpot before. Really? That's what we so. are. We're crackpots for doing this podcast. <laughs> okay. So she's widely considered uh, a conspiracy theorist. She also authored her own book on her experience. Um, and so she claims to be a victim of a government mind control program called Project Monarch that was, like, under the umbrella of MKUltra. So she made these assertions in um, her books. One from 1995 was called Transformation of America, but it wasn't transformation. It was, like, trance. The word trance, like, you're in a trance. And then the word formation. So it was, it was a nice little punny play on words. Play on words. Um, and then also another book from 2004 called Access Denied for Reasons of National Security. So she co-authored them with her husband, Mark Phillips. But according to scholars, there is no credible evidence for O'Brien's claims, and there are numerous inconsistencies with her story. But basically, according to O'Brien, under hypnosis, she was able to recall memories of sexual abuse um, mm-hmm. by international pedophile rings, drug barons, and Satanists, who allegedly used a form of trauma-based mind control programming to make her a sex slave. Um, and she co- claims that all of this caused her to develop multiple personality disorder, but during alternate personality episodes, she also has photogenic recall. Um, and so an example of some of the things she underwent is that she claims that George H.W. Bush and Miguel de la Madrid used holograms to appear to her in altered forms, saying that Bush apparently activated a hologram of the lizard-like alien, which provided the illusion of Bush transforming like a chameleon before my eyes. In retrospect. I understand that Bush had been painstakingly careful in positioning our seats in order that the hologram's effectiveness be maximized. Um, But sadly, religious and political scholars have criticized O'Brien's claims for their lack of any supporting evidence. Um, Wait, do you think that she thinks that George H.W. Bush hologrammed himself into a lizard in front of her? Mm -hmm. So she thinks that he was in on all of this. Yes. And she thinks he's a lizard person. Which is another conspiracy that we should definitely cover at a Yes, that is one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, just another woman. Also, just to go back, like, besides the sex workers, besides, who else did they do this on? So I just need to understand, like, who, how they did all these with people so with people said they got volunteers and they were like we're gonna do it I think there was a mix of volunteers who did this and then they would also lure people I think they also lured like a lot of disenfranchised people like homeless people sex workers 
um, just people, people like poverty stricken people and they would lure them to, like safe houses and do this. And then I think they did it in hospitals too. I think they would do, um, yeah, I think they would also do it on um, psychiatric patients, people with mental health to see how it would alter their brain. Oh, that's crazy. They, they really had some nerve. I know. It's just so sad that this happened. <laughs> I agree, Kelly. So that all is um, fact. That is not part of the conspiracy. What Kathy O'Brien went through or? No, no, no that's definitely not fact. <laughs> that so far is from um, a class, like classified documents that were released to the public. That they so are- in all of my research, I never saw anything about sexual abuse or anything so she's sexual abuse and sex that they made her a sex slave right yeah 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 that seems to be the basis of her claims yeah so not saying that i mean i don't know but i like them but personally it seems like that's all a little like most of them were just most of the experiments were just how lsd affected the brain and not really yeah i don't know i also did watch like have sex workers lure men into safe houses. So there was definitely a sexual part of all of this for sure. They were willing to torture dogs. I think they were willing to do anything. Yeah, it's very true. But anyway, there is part of this um that there's like a modern day conspiracy that is unproven that is a technical conspiracy, right? Involving like celebrities. Today. Yeah. So this is kind of what is still unproven is that um Whenever a celebrity or a politician like would act, act strangely on camera or does a weird pause or something, people think that they are victims of secret mind control by the U.S. government. So they think that this experiment somehow still continued and that the government has a lot of high power celebrities and politicians under their control. So an example of this is um, Cardi B was interviewed on the red carpet at the 2018 Grammys. And in the middle of her interview, she kind of like pauses and stares off into space. And it it's, it's very weird. And so people claim that that is an example of the government having mind control over Cardi B. Mm, sounds plausible. I don't think she could be mind controlled. I think her mind is something that we could never comprehend or touch or ever I totally agree. So I watched that interview and the interviewer was basically asking like how she felt and she was like, I'm really nervous. I'm like, you know, I'm nervous. I'm, she didn't say I'm scared. She mostly just said I'm nervous. And then she kind of just pauses and she looks like she's just nervous. Like it doesn't look like she has a blank stare. She's just, and also Cardi B is weird and unpredictable. So I don't think it's proof of anything. So another dark side of this conspiracy suggests that gunmen attacks such as the Sandy Hook shooting and the Columbine shooting were actually MK Ultra puppets so that the shooters were under the government control when these things happen. So the article I read about it said that Reddit had a lot of threads about this. And so I went to Reddit to read some of them to add. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I didn't search it correctly. I haven't used Reddit that often, so I'm not the best at it. But a lot of the the threat, the comments on these threads had been fully deleted. That is so, so Yeah. And there was a few of them because I was like, why can't I see these comments? And then it said, like, all comments deleted. So I, that was a little sketchy to me. But may, again, maybe I wasn't searching it correctly and whatever. Well, this is, I mean, this is like stuff happening today with conspiracy theories being deleted on Twitter and stuff. And I'm like, I understand that you don't want false information spreading. But when you delete conspiracies that a lot of people think are true, you're only adding fuel to the fire and you're literally proving their point. And they're like, oh, why are you deleting this? If it is it true? You're just trying to hide something? Like, Right. Makes- and also conspiracies are definition like not uh, actually not completely true or not fully proven so i don't think it's a lot of false information being spread it's just people's different takes on things that happen right so i don't know but um there are clips of al roker who is you know the um weatherman on nbc staring off in the space if you don't know who al roker is like why don't even listen to this podcast like <laughs> What have you been doing? If you don't know how 
Almerker is my hero, and I he can do no wrong. If he murdered a family four, I would stand behind him. I would be at his trial support. You know, he just had a hip surgery or hip replacement. You never said that. I haven't been watching this video. Oh, well, then you're not a true Al Roker fan. I have to work, Kelly. <laughs> I'm working, too. Work from home. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's not my fault. Um, I, have a, I have an Al Roker um, design on Redbubble. If you want to ever buy it, it's on there. So, self-promotion. <laughs> okay. And then I guess there's also clips of Britney Spears stumbling during an interview that have fueled this theory. Well, that's a whole other conspiracy in and of itself. Hashtag free Britney, am I right? Ew, we need to cover that one too. Um, okay, so a researcher. <laughs> so this guy named Scott Wark. He is a researcher in meme theory. How do I get that job? I want that job so bad. I can't even tell you. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. Um, so he's a researcher in meme meme theory at the University of Warwick. He explains why he thinks this MK Ultra conspiracy still lives on today. So he says, "Quote: There are so many systems around us that we can't explain. The world is burning. Finance makes no sense to the layperson. Institution politics are effed up. The proliferation of the inexplicable." And polarization of politics are the perfect conditions for a rise in conspiratorial thinking and MK Ultra. So basically, that's just say so many things are messed up and nothing makes sense that MK Ultra makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true for a lot of things today. Like, yeah, it, it's almost like it's easier to it's almost easier to believe a conspiracy than like face the truth of like, right what? exactly and that's um he also states that this theory helps come to terms with tragic events by providing a preformed narrative so the things like sandy hook and the columbine shootings it's like they're so tragic why would these things ever happen and that if someone believes that someone mind controlled these people to do these terrible things that makes more sense than just thinking that there are terrible people in this world that would do these things that's the more modern theory which is scary to think about and like I mean, I'm not saying that this is all true, but if they, if the CIA was doing that back in the 70s, what's to say that they're not doing something similar now? Right. It makes me lose all faith in that, like, branch of our government. Right. And especially even at the beginning of this podcast, you said they self-proclaim themselves the researchers in all these different drugs and stuff, so. Yeah, I just don't understand, like, who gives the, I don't know, I, I mean, I know the president probably is the person that gives them authorization to do things but i just feel like the president has a lot on his plate as the president of an entire country so how do you know exactly what's going on in the cia you know the cia answers directly to the director of national intelligence who does the director of national intelligence answer to so i think the director of national intelligence is over the CIA and he reports directly to the president. Yeah, but who is the director of the CIA today? Um, his name is John Ratcliffe. The name sounds familiar. He kind of looks like Mitt Romney. Maybe, maybe there's a conspiracy that Mitt Romney actually is the director of the CIA. I'd believe it, considering Mitt Romney created a fake Twitter account. And, like, interacted with himself on Twitter as, like, a positive troll. Did he really? <laughs> That's hilarious. I've seen that where, like, celebrities comment on their own Instagram thinking it's, like, a different Instagram. So embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway, that's MKUltra. If you have any questions, don't ask us because we probably don't know the answer. <laughs> we could look them up for you, though. Just do a quick Google search and let you know. So this was probably, I think, one of the most informative ones, There's I would say. actually solid evidence and proof of this happening because it's confirmed to have happened. So it's not speculation as much as old hard facts. And I feel like this would be the most relevant one that would potentially come up at like a dinner party or something. Yeah, I hope it does. I think you can really impress people with my knowledge of MKUltra. You should just host a dinner party, and it's, like, conspiracy theory topics only. Wait, Kelly. Yes. 
Um, if you'd like to come to our dinner party, please DM us at in coots with Kelly and Savannah on Instagram. Oh, speaking of that, please follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Oh, we meant to. Well, anyway, we want to give. Okay, well, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Um, we may start like shouting out really good reviews but um this week we just want to give a special little shout out to apple podcast user bitchcoin222 who left a fantastic one-star review on our podcast um and i don't know exactly what he or she said but it was something along the lines of i had high hopes for this podcast but sadly they're very immature and laugh too much or something (laughs) Which I honestly think she's just jealous that, you know, she doesn't have friends to laugh with or he doesn't have friends to laugh with. And it's also like I had high hopes. Like, what the heck does that mean? Like, it's almost like when your dad's like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Like, I had high hopes, but you really like let me down. I also don't know why she had high hopes for our very first episode. Like, you're nobody. Why would you have high hopes? We're just working out the kinks of the podcast. And if she listened now, I bet she would think it was amazing. She said specifically that she's not listening. She said, I couldn't get past the first time. Okay. Well, Bitcoin, you know what? If you're listening for some reason, I just want to say thanks for coming back. We appreciate your honesty and constructive criticism. And. I will mention you in my autobiography. I will attribute the success of this podcast to Bitcoin 223. He or he ignited a fiery rage and passion within me. So, so intense that I can't describe it. And um, when we're someday interviewed on Jimmy Fallon and they do an SNL sketch about us, they'll say how to get so successful and we'll say a Bitcoin 222. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> and also that someone who we didn't specifically ask to listen to this podcast listened to this podcast so i think that was what i was most excited about like the review hurt a little but i was just like wow like i thought only our friends and family listened but it was it's like more people she hated it so much she actually took the time to leave a review that means a lot yeah we must have like really got to her yeah Anyway, please give us at least a two-star review if you're going to bother to review us. Yeah, we got to get our reviews up a little. So she, she really brought us down. She brought us from a 5 to a 4.4. <laughs> so back up to five stars if you can. Anyway. Uh, so follow us on Instagram. Our at is at in cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. Email us. Um, your theory covered or if you have one of your own. Yeah. Or if you have constructive criticism, but you don't want to leave a bad review. Like, we're tender, so be nice. You give us, like, we want to hear it, but, like, please be nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's our podcast. So, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. And trust no one. Mm, Bye bye. Bye. Why didn't you say trust no one, Kelly? I didn't know we're going to say it together. I didn't know and you didn't say it. Can we want us to do it again? You can redo the ending. Okay. So um follow us on Instagram, email us in cahoots with Kelly and Savannah at gmail.com. That's our podcast and trust trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.